All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, January 23rd of 2023. I hope uh, all of you who played NFL DFS this weekend had a good weekend. Saw some users with some pretty good scores over the weekend. I uh, had a lot of fun playing myself. These uh, playoff environments make DFS all that much more fun. Uh, looking ahead to today, we got a seven-game NBA slate as well as a four-game hockey slate. Should be plenty to talk about on here as usual. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Sabersim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not member of our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it as always. Can ask questions and get feedback from members of the community. A lot of sharp people in the community uh, can can have fun sweating together and 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 rooting for for some of the same plays. Uh, see what other people are doing, what their thoughts are. So always recommend getting in the Discord and joining the community. If you are just uh, tuning in for the first time and not joined up with Sabersim, there is also a link to a seven day no strings attached free trial. Join us, check us out. Get your questions answered here on this show, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, we take questions live in the YouTube chat as well. We'll get to all the questions both in the Office Hours channel and the live YouTube chat before the end of the show. Promise you guys that as always. Uh, Going to get Saberson pulled up here. Not a lot of questions to get us started today. So if anybody's tuning in, have a thought on their mind. Now is a great time to get that in the queue as always. I'm going to start with this um, kind of feature request type of question from, from Lanny here. Lanny said, this may or may not have been asked and answered previously. If I have 150 entries in a tournament and turn on a game on TV, I could see the ownership of the field on individual players by clicking on them on my phone, of course. But is there an easy way to see my own ownership aside from writing them all down or running to the computer to check. A um, couple things here, you know, we do have a mobile app, um, not like a app from the app store, but SaberSim is available on, you know, Chrome, Safari, uh, Firefox, Edge, whatever you, whatever browser you have available to you on your mobile phone. So you can just log in to your account from there and easily go to the entry editor, see what your exposures are, and then just toggle back and forth between, you know, apps. Um, if you're looking for like a full, you know, breakdown of, of ownership, you would probably have to wait for the contest to start, wait for uh, probably all of the games to start, depends, you know, what type of contest you're doing. And then you could see the, in, you could see the ownership after a set of games locks for the players, uh, that are no longer editable. And then you could like do an Excel formula to, to get that ownership into like uh, a CSV that, that you create using uh, something you download from SaberSim. Pretty tedious. Doesn't sound like that's what you're looking for. I would just do use the, the mobile browser and toggle back and forth to see what some of your ownerships are. That's what I tend to do uh, when I'm out and about, but good question there, Lanny. Um, also saw a question earlier today come in, in the NBA channel, I saw uh, Ben from, from SaberSim, um, one of the devs here, was answering some questions from Kentucky Nick here. Uh, going to 
get this question in the chat and give some of my own thoughts on it. So Kentucky Nick said, if I have two 20 max, one three max, and one single entry, should I run one sim at 44 lineups or separate sims? And what about if I do a 150 max with three maxes and single entries? Uh, I'm going to give the answer that Ben gave and then uh, note some of my own uh, thoughts here. So Ben said, personally, I've run it together because I prefer simplicity and speed when it comes to NBA but each person has their own process. If I have time, sometimes I will use the same pool and save my three max slash single entry lineups in a separate set of lineups. And then um, Ben Ben suggested posting this in office hours. Uh, yeah, so this is a good question, right? I think, you know, our standard uh, advice is to follow the DFS profit plan. If you're not familiar with the profit plan, you can find it over on our YouTube channel. We talk about it a lot here on the show. It is a contest selection framework based on lots of... Uh, back testing and we did a whole behind the sims series on it so you can find it on our youtube channel here start winning more with our dfs profit plan if you're interested into you know some of the the theory and and the thought that led to that uh profit plan being uh born you can go to our behind the sims series and then scroll down here i believe it was the first one we did uh this behind the sims contest selection series with um specifically eric heading that Jordan, uh, you know, translating the uh, conclusions into plain English. He he is very good at that, and uh, giving giving the people something to, uh, to to work with there. But but that was a great uh, series. If if you're interested in you know DFS theory and back testing, I would definitely check that out. But um, uh, Frank, my man Frank said a uh, great video. Thanks, Andrew. Happy happy to uh, let you guys know about that one there. But but getting back to this, right? I think that, you know, Ben's Ben's advice makes sense, especially for something like NBA, because, you know, starting lineups can come out, you know, less than 10 minutes to lock. Uh, in the worst cases, they come out after lock. Basketball is really weird where, you know, the, the game might lock at 4 p.m. and then they're not actually going to tip off for another 10 minutes, right? As opposed to something like um, MLB or, or, um, NFL where, where they are, you know, uh, kicking off or, or first pitch is, is fairly close uh, to the, to the exact start time. Right. So in NBA, I can see it making sense to run all of the lineups together. If you are in a time crunch, right. I think if you're not in a time crunch, I would follow the advice of splitting your, your uh, unique lineups into diversifiers and elevators, which is based on the profit plan. Um, you know, essentially putting your 20 maxes and 150 maxes in in one bucket here where the sliders are really close and then putting your single entries and three maxes in a in a different bucket where you know those contests tend to have less unique entrance and the slider settings are a lot closer from single entry and three max at one to ten thousand as opposed to like 150 max at 10 to 50k or or even sometimes above 50k especially if you're like playing on FanDuel playing the nickel uh 150 max contest right so you know, best practice, split it up. If you're in a time crunch, I think it's totally okay to uh, run it all together. Or if you're not that concerned about it, right? And you're like, you know what? Uh, running two builds is just kind of too tedious for me. I would prefer to just have one build where I could do, you know, uh, one late swap and and make my life easier post life post uh, make my life easier post lock. Like that is a life EV decision, you know, for the user. And and I think that um, 
You know, you're not going to give up too much EV, right? By by using the higher slider settings, those lineups that you get in your single entries and three max might be a little more volatile, might be uh, a little riskier than than what you really need to take down the contest. But doesn't mean that those lineups aren't positive EV at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, when people say, hey, you know, I have a three max and a 20 max, what slider setting should I use? I always tell people, lean on the higher side, you know, the the scores that, what what might be 10th place in a 150 max is probably good enough to be first place in a single entry on like a point comparison, uh, you know, comparison. So that's why I try to tell people to, to lean on the higher slide, higher side of the slider settings. But uh, no, no right or wrong answer there. I think we're talking about, you know, marginal EV decisions there. And, um, you know, if anybody has any thoughts, happy to, uh, to, to hear some of those and, and we can go back and forth on it a little bit. Uh, see our viewers are, are starting to tick up here for, for everybody tuning in. Welcome. Not a lot of questions to get us started today. So if anybody has anything that they want to ask uh, ahead of the week, you know, ahead of a uh, two game NFL slate ahead of golf, ahead of NBA or NHL tonight, now is a great time to get those questions in and uh, we can talk about it a little more, but Gonna gonna try and find something to talk about. Give everybody a little bit to to tune in and and ask some questions here. So I think that uh, those were our last two questions in in the Discord. Wanted to touch on those, and I'm gonna hop over here to to NBA, and maybe we can just do like a little slate breakdown, right? Let's talk about uh, NBA. Let's talk about what the night looks like. So going to uh, get my screen pulled up so we could toggle back and forth here between some of these um, NBA. Uh, DFS websites that that I like to use that we highlight in the uh, research video. You know, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, Jordan and I did an NBA research video uh, about a week or week and a half ago by now, 11 days actually. Upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA strategy. Um, we, we use all free-to-use websites, nothing that we display in that video is is behind a paywall it is all readily available for for anybody looking to um do some additional research into nba and and uh try try and get an edge or, or find find a value spot that that might not be so noticeable so looking ahead here um nothing particularly crazy in in my opinion today i saw this uh rui Hach, hachimura trade and Kendrick Nunn, I think it was like Kendrick Nunn plus like three second round picks for for Hachibura. So that is kind of interesting there. Um, we'll see if that that helps the Lakers at all. But, um, you know, probably some people I'm keeping my eye on, you know, Robert Williams, that should be out before Locke. Uh, looks like Jonas is back. I know he missed quite a few games last week. Not sure if, if he played over the weekend or not. Rudy Gobert has like consistently been questionable with a groin injury. And uh, Naz Reed has has seemed to not have been that that smash value play that he was, you know, a couple of weeks ago or, or a month ago or so. So it will be interesting to see if Gobert plays here. Uh, Torin Prince was playing a lot of minutes off of the bench with Austin Rivers out. Not sure if Rivers is in. We can check that here. Okongwu, I know that Clint Capella was back and was on a minutes limit. Not sure if uh, what the issue is with Capella here. Uh, LaMelo Ball, you know, these are just some of the names that I'm really, really looking uh, at to, to keep my eye on as, as news breaks throughout the day. And then also I will uncheck this box up here to see who is actually out, right? 
Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon being out, that that's a big deal, right? Uh, who's going to run point? Derek White or, or Preyton Prichard, right? So the, the point guard situation here for Boston should be pretty interesting. Uh, what else do we got? Kevin Porter's still out, been out since like Friday, I think. And it looks like Sabonis is, is probably back now. So, so yeah, so those are the big things I'm looking at um, and, and things that I want to keep my eye on specifically there, but seeing a couple questions rolling in here, uh, you know, that was our injury, our injury report. First look things to keep your eye on as news breaks throughout the day. I think this is fun. You know, we don't really want to make this like a, like a pick show or, uh, you know, me telling you guys how to play or, or, you know, who to play. We, we talk a lot about, uh, teach a man to fish, feed him for the rest of his life, feed, feed a man a fish, you know, feed him for a day. Uh, really just trying to talk about DFS theory in general, not who to play, not uh, my, my own thoughts. Right. So I think, I think this injury uh, report kind of breakdown is, is nice. You know, it's like who to look out for, uh, where are the guys out? And then, you know, can run some research builds, test builds and, and make some further conclusions from there. But I, I kind of get a kick out of doing this every day but that being said seeing some questions roll in here uh gonna get saberson pulled back up and start to answer some of these so I'll see one here from patrick and then one in discord from neil we'll get to all of them patrick said what's your thoughts what's your thought process that goes into a large nba slate like six plus games for single entry and three maxes uh tell reed and biombo to stop fouling so early yeah especially reed right i think he had like three fouls uh it was like just the start of the second quarter guy comes back in foul, you know, uh, third quarter starts another foul, like four fouls played, played really bad there, but, but those games happen. Right. Um, what, what are my thoughts on like a big slate, uh, for, for some of these things, right? I think this is a good question. I would say that, you know, as, as the slates get larger, like probably bigger than six games, I am more interested in sorting my lineups like specifically based on upside here so this is just something i was testing earlier um i'm just gonna i'm gonna use this build as an example here so like let's say i have 150 lineups you know i have 5,000 lineup pool um as, as the slate gets bigger you know i'm not really uh so interested in in optimizing for for correlation or ownership fade or those type of things the slate is so big there are so many lineups that a person can build you know i'm not really worried about um being being unique or not, I I never see people do at, at the top of these huge contests, right? So one thing that I'm experimenting with is using a percentile, uh, either like 95th or 99th, depending on the size of the slate. As the slate gets bigger, I'm more interested in just optimizing for upside. I think as the slate gets smaller and you know there are less options, there are less players in the player pool. Uh, I think as the slate gets smaller, you know you need to to consider some more of those game theory aspects like optimize like correlation and and ownership fade right so that is when i am more inclined to use saber score but i and and you know it's not just for single entries or three maxes um i'm also using a percentile in these large slates for my diversifier contests as well but i, I would say even in single entry and three max uh more than my 150 maxes that I think percentiles make a lot of sense on bigger slates where you only have, you know, one to three entries into the contest. So that's something that I've uh, been experimenting with, been been thinking about. I think it makes a lot of 
uh, sense. But but if anybody has, you know, any counterpoints, uh, happy to hear those as well. But as far as, you know, large slate versus small slate, that is something that I have personally uh, been experimenting with, and I've been fairly happy with the, with the results there. But good question, Patrick. All right. Uh, question here from Neil. Um, let's see what Neil says. Any thoughts on whether the NHL Minimax is worth max entering or even entering at all? It's 500 to first and $100. So super top heavy and only like 5K entrance. I know for MLB, the suggestion was that the 50 cent Minimax was a good contest, but the $1 Minimax was usually worth avoiding. Um, let me see here. You know what? I don't know where my cell phone is. I was going to check the lobby here. I'm just going to pull up uh, DraftKings on the desktop here. I, I really don't know. Usually I, I'm somebody who like just enters contests uh, from my phone. I find it much, much easier to, to just reserve and um, enter from that way. But, you know, I, I'm going to pull up the DraftKings lobby uh, on my side right here. And what we are talking about is this. 50 cent, 150 max, uh, $75 to max enter, about 5K total entrance. And then if if I'm a, to look at the prize pool here, 500 to first, which is about uh, 23% of the um, 23% of the prize pool. And then like, like Neil said, a, a, a big drop off, you know, a hundred to second and then uh, descending from there. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of this payout structure, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I would say it really comes down to, you know, how much bankroll do you have available to play and where are those dollars best spent, right? I think that if you are somebody where, you know, if you were to put $75 into this 50 cent, 150 max, and then that were to limit your availability to play some of the other best uh, contests in quotation marks under the $3 threshold, I would avoid it, right? I The way I kind of like to think about it is, you know, play the best contests under the $3 threshold. That is like, you know, um, best prize structure, um, you know, not, not super top heavy, but but still like a, a, a good... Um, I, I don't know how to explain, you know, the, the best, right. I think, I think a better example is like the $1 20 max in the NHL lobby, like the hip check. That seems like a pretty good contest, right? Uh, $1 entry, 20, 20 max entrance price pool is six K to first with, uh, first place being $600, which is 10% to first, as opposed to the 23% to first in the 50 cent, 150 max, right? I think the hip check is like a much better contest and, and one that I would be much more willing to play. Uh, looks like Neil is, is here in the chat. You know, the contests in NHL are so bad. Um, but, uh, and then, and then some comments about MMA, which, which we could talk about as well, but, but yeah. So, so getting back to my point, you know, if, if entering that 50 cent, 150 max stops you from playing other good contests where the percentage of prize to first is, is lower and the, uh, payout structure is, is flatter. I would avoid it. If, if you have already entered all of those better contests and now you're deciding, Hey, should I play this 50 cent, 150 max, or should I start to play contests above the $3 threshold? 
I, I would I would consider two things. I would one consider do you, are you do you only want to play the main slate or do you want to try and play some of the turbos and night slates, right? Uh those slates tend to have like some good contests underneath the threshold as well, you know. Instead of like thinking about going up and down, you know, the main slate lobby, start to check out some of those other slates, the night slates, the turbos, the showdowns, right? You could find some good contests in those and then you know if you're like you know what no or you know let's say you go and play them you get all of those uh good contests under the three dollar threshold and then you still have more money to play you know now it's like okay if you've maxed all of those other things and you still have more you more money to play now enter the 50 cent 150 max before going and and entering um i don't know what's what's a bigger contest here like the five dollar poke check or the um or or anything above like the five dollar threshold, right? Looks like there's a there's a four dollar twenty max with a with two k to first, right? The four check, you know, it is four dollars, and the price pool is underneath uh, the twenty five k threshold. So that's another one that sharks can enter. You know, if, if anybody is unaware, it's it's under five dollars where the prize pool is less than 25 K or anything under $3. Right. So I would be trying to get all of the action in those contests first before coming back to the 50 cent. But if, if, if my options are the 50 cent, 150 or moving up to above $5, I would play the 50 cent, 150. But those are my thoughts. Uh, If, if anyone is confused by all the numbers being thrown around, just, uh, just, just let me know. And, uh, and I apologize to you guys about that one. But a uh, couple comments here from from Neil. I want to touch on this. I know Patrick is a is a big MMA guy as well. Uh, Neil said, "I'm hoping DK gets rid of late swap so I can jump into MMA." Uh, I know Patrick usually comes on the show, asks if we have late swap for MMA. I, I saw that they had you know another incident with late swap in MMA this weekend. I think that it happened either either I heard it happen three times or it happened for three fights where like they would unlock and and lock a fight again and uh we're we're discounting people's entries you know it just it continues to be like a really bad experience i saw that the number of 150 matchers was was dropping you know ahombro on twitter did like a a little breakdown into you know the number of 150 matchers back in november on a november mma slate compared to now and that number has dropped off i saw that the the main GPP of the big $20 overlaid quite a bit. So DraftKings is going to have to figure out something to do there. We are still not supporting late swap MMA at the moment, just because the, uh, frankly, the experience with it from what we've seen has been so bad and, and they've been, they've been doing a really poor job with all of the start times and stuff. But, but if you're somebody who's playing MMA, I would recommend, you know, focusing on the single entries and three maxes. That way you could do hand swaps when available. Um, I also saw <laughs> that uh, Blender HD uh, posted something on Twitter where, you know, they, they unlock, I, apparently what happens is when they lock the fights um, and then if they unlock them and you make a swap where you're not supposed to, they will cancel your entry and just refund it. So uh, people are exploiting that where if they have a losing fighter in their lineup, they are swapping intentionally to, uh, get that refund because they figure that their lineup is probably dead anyways. But that's just another reason why it's, it's not working. Right. I mean, that is clearly like exploitative 
And, uh, you know, I'm sure DraftKings will, will catch on and, and figure out something along those lines there. But, yeah, not not good in the MMA lace swap streets from what I've heard. So so be careful if, if you are out there. All right. Um, let's see. Neil said, basically just looking a replacement sport to hold me over until MLB starts. LOL. I can't handle the lace swap in NBA way too negative when it comes to life EV for me. Uh, yeah. You know, I, we hear this a lot, right. For anybody who feels the same way, uh, similar to what we talked about with, with hockey, right. Explore some of these, you know, turbo slates where there's no late swap, the night slates, uh, you know, there, there might be a swap at this seven thirty. So maybe you don't play the night, maybe you just play the turbo. Maybe you play some of these showdowns, uh, there are still like, you know, $1.20 maxes in here, uh, quarter jukeboxes. You know, there are still some good contests. I would recommend checking that out in, in the meantime there. Uh, let's see here. Neil said good call. Uh, or uh, Patrick also for $5 more, just play the hip check. Yeah, that's that $4 one. That was really good contest. Uh, I did I did prefer the hip check, especially with the prize pool being under 25 k Christian said, how would your process change for a two-game night slate? Um, good question. I would say, you know, if, if you are playing a night slate like this one, right, where you're just playing the two late games, you know, you're not really thinking so much about, you know, late swap flexibility or or late swap edge. I would say uh, just play some – some. I, I'm not looking to be as exploitative. I'm probably more um, worrying about, like, how do I say it? Roster construction and and getting my um getting some getting to like some lower owned pieces, right? If it's a two game slate, then the risk of duplication goes up significantly. Uh if if you guys are on the pro plan, we released a pro exclusive video with with Scott this week. Scott talked a lot about uh ownership and roster construction and basically like playing the best plays. Uh it was it was definitely something to to chew on some some food for thought uh one of the big perks of being on the pro plan is is some of that pro exclusive content and uh scott did a really good job with that video got me thinking a lot about ownership on on smaller slates i actually uh kind of applied some of that some of those thoughts to the the nfl two game sunday slate on fanduel and uh played some of the best plays there with without uh overthinking some of the ownership aspects so shout out to scott bringing some good thoughts to the table there um, I, I would say, you know, try something different, right? I think one of the big, you know, too long didn't reads of, of Scott's video was that, you know, let, let the field outthink themselves, play the best plays, and then see if you are actually duped, right? We, we worry about duplication in some of these smaller slates. And, and the thought was like, play the best plays, find out if you are actually being duped before trying to avoid duplication. And I thought that was a pretty good uh, concept there. So, so, so it's definitely something I would like think about when playing a, like a two game night NBA slate there, but, but what was a lot more to that video. That is just one aspect of it that I found really interesting. All right. Um, yeah, no, Neil saw the same thing I did with MMA. I won't play MMA until they get rid of late swap. I didn't play the slate, but I think they locked the wrong fights and chaos like that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Patrick said nailing the key bench players in a two game slate. Christian, yeah, I think it's like really hard to you know like like know who the, who the key players are going to be. I think that you know a better way of of kind of trying to uh, implement this is is being a little looser with your player pool 
and and not having such a constricted uh you know filter right we we have since turned off filters for all sports across you know sabersim uh just so you guys know um, we, we found that sim diversity is doing a really good job of handling player pool curation and we don't want to, um, give anybody like a, a threshold that, that is, uh, basically not necessary. So I would say that if you are somebody who like uses a min projection filter regularly, I would probably turn that off for, uh, especially like a short slate like this and, and, um, just be, just be mindful of like, you know, are you getting enough exposure of the loan guys? Are you getting too much exposure of the loan guys? You know, where's that threshold really for you? Like for me, you know, there's a big drop off from the 7.95 to this 3.09 up threshold here. I, I would probably be comfortable not playing anybody below four projected points here. But but that's like for, for you to decide and, and for you to work in these players at the rate that that um that you are comfortable with right so so maybe like run a build with no min projection filter on see how much of these lower plays you're getting and then kind of manage from there i think that's kind of what patrick is getting at is like you know don't you know the, what you shouldn't be doing is like coming in here and saying you know i think metu is going to be the guy and i'm going to use metu in in a big chunk of my lineups like that's that's not really what you should be going for. You should be looking to uh, diversify and and get some exposure to kind of a, a range of players, right? That's what the min uh, min uniques does. You know, the higher min uniques is, the more those lineup sets are going to need to be diversified, and you will organically get more exposure to a wider array of players. So I would I would use min uniques, especially on this two game slate, and see what type of lineups you're getting from there. All right. Adam said, just listening in, haven't played MMA once since they put in late swap. They're alienating their best customers and and losing us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really bad. And, you know, we just don't think like as a company that, you know, supporting late swap is is a good investment uh time-wise for for just how bad it's been. So so really just keeping our ear to the ground, waiting for uh some some word as to what the future looks like. And and will adjust from there. Uh, Neil said, "DK just needs to admit they screwed up and give up the late swap. They are just going to continue to bleed money until they fix it." Uh, yeah, I mean, I I get it. You know, uh, losing a a player or like a fight being canceled for like a a regular, um, you know, casual player like really sucks. They they tried to do something to fix it. I don't think this was the right solution. We'll see if you know, they, they come up with something different and, and try a different method. All right. Uh, Patrick said, I would stick with single entry and three maxes in NBA. Uh, yeah, I think those are a lot easier to manage as well, especially if, you know, you're, you're not somebody who wants to constantly be late swapping and, and managing your portfolio throughout the night. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, Neil said, yeah, I should think about it. I've always liked playing more lineups, but maybe it's worth considering for NBA. I think, I think playing a handful of lineups in NBA will, will make it easier to manage throughout the night as, as well. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Neil said, anyone else as excited for MLB opening day as I am only 66 days. I did not know it is that close. It will be coming up, uh, here on us quickly prior to that, you know, for anybody who, who likes NASCAR, I believe NASCAR, We'll be starting February 19th, if if I'm not um, mistaken. You know, we do have NASCAR Sims. 
I, I dabbled in NASCAR for the first time last year, had a lot of fun with it. And uh, I know the team is going to be, uh, you know, looking at the model for NASCAR, looking at the model for MLB, making any adjustments where they can. So should be should be a fun uh, spring coming up here pretty soon. All right. Uh, Trevor said, is MLB a tough game, though? Like NFL has a lot of dead money. Does MLB also? I, I would say that, you know, I think MLB is uh, a little tougher. You know, the pri- the the um contest lobby you know the the contests tend to be smaller than nfl i think for nfl you know that is where the most casual money kind of flocks to mlb is more of like a grinder sport you know day in day out kind of similar to to nba i think like on the dfs sport hierarchy uh mlb has to rank like fourth or fifth you know probably like nfl um pga is making a big case to be like number two and MLB, I'm, I'm sorry, NFL, PGA, NBA, and then, you know, MMA was was a fast-growing sport, but but with those lace swap changes, I uh, don't know where it fits in, if it's above MLB or below, but MLB and MMA kind of make up that fourth, fifth kind of spot on the DFS hierarchy. So I would say that the most casual money is definitely in NFL. All right, Uncrabby Cabby said, hey, Andrew, a few years ago, there was a Twitch stream Dedicated solely to lineup study was a great learning tool. Any thoughts to dedicating any office hours to lineup study? Um, it's a good question on Krabby Cabby. Uh, not something we have, you know, discussed here internally. I think that, you know, it would be a good idea if, if somebody were to do it, you know, day in, day out for, for weeks, for months, for like an entire season, you could probably get something uh, from that. I think it's pretty hard to do lineup study, um, you know, without kind of knowing some of like the, the thought processes or, or kind of what went into the creation of the lineups. I think that, you know, you could draw conclusions from lineup study that the player who created the lineup might not even, uh, realize themselves. Right. I've, I've heard Murdy Tenor talk on some of the interviews he's done where people say, you know, Oh, you know, I see a lot of your lineups do do this. And he's like, really do they? And then he kind of goes back. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, the, the, you know, the model that I'm using, the machine learning model that I'm using, you know, must, must have figured that out on its own. And, and um, not always the user is always aware of some of those dynamics or like, Oh, this guy always does that. Or like, no, that's kind of a result of, of something else that I'm doing that they don't really want to talk about. So uh, I, I would say, you know, lineup study is, has its pros, but just be a little careful drawing like hard and fast conclusions that a specific player is always doing this one thing uh, when they do that. So, so right now that's not what uh, this show is dedicated towards, but definitely something like I could kind of take back to the team and see if that's um, some type of content that we want to uh, work into our uh, contest dynamic in the future. So I'm just going to make up a, a, a note right here. Uh, lineup study content and, and take that back to the team and see if that is something that we want to do. But good question, question there on Krabby Cabby. You know, if you guys are looking for something like that and you know, those requests come in uh, over and over again, you know, that is just more of a reason for us to talk about it internally and decide if that is a direction that we want to go. Uh, Patrick it said, I noticed that in regards to the min projection filter, thank you for turning off the filter. One less thing to worry about. Um, Let's see here, uh, just some conversation about uh, MLB and NFL and, and uh, dead money pretty much here. 
So uh, definitely would, would read up on this if, if you know, this conversation between Patrick, Neil, and Trevor, if that is something that you guys are interested about and, and have some thoughts here. But as far as, you know, uh, DFS or Saberson related questions, look like looks like that is all the questions that we have today. Uh, we will be right back here tomorrow for our Tuesday show, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you guys have questions throughout the day, throw them in the Office Hours channel over in the Discord. That'll get us a steady stream of questions to talk about uh, leading up to the show and, and get us rolling here. But I think if we have any downtime, we'll probably continue to do our um, injury preview first look, uh, uh, kind of a fun thing to do in, in my opinion. But um, if anybody has any questions, throw them in the Office Hours channel. And until then, I will see you all tomorrow. Take care.